What's the latest involving the Atlanta Falcons and their first round pick at number eight overall in tonight's 2023 NFL draft? We're breaking it down here on Locked On Falcons Live. You are Locked On Falcons, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman, a.k.a. Mr. Drew, a.k.a. Sirius Black, and, of course, the very humble host of this illustrious Locked On Falcons podcast, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, this is the mobile game definitely for you. All you have to do to download the game is visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores and our listeners will get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps in the game store. And guys, we thank everyone that makes this podcast their first listen each and every day. I want to give a shout out to all my everydayers. Make sure if you're not an everydayer, Follow in their footsteps by subscribing or following for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And guys, I also want to give you a heads up that you not only will be hearing me talk about the Falcons pick live right now coming up on the podcast, but you'll get my live reaction to the podcast potentially later tonight when I join Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino and the various other locked on NFL local experts on the locked on NFL scouting YouTube page for a live NFL draft coverage presented by Ultimate Football GM. Kyle and Joe will be going live for all of the rounds one, two, and three. And then on Saturday, they'll get you caught up after each round. Join the draft dudes. The first round tonight, live on YouTube on Lockdown NFL Scouting page at 7:30 p.m. Eastern Time. So, guys, we are jumping right into the conversation. And last I talked to you guys here on your first listen each and every day. Didn't know who the pick is, and now roughly 24 hours later, I still don't know who the pick is. We're about an hour away from the Carolina Panthers being on the clock with the number one overall pick. We kind of know Bryce Young will be the number one pick, but after that point, we don't quite know, and obviously who goes in those first seven picks is going to have a big impact on who the Falcons take with the eighth overall selection. The latest news of today so far, though, is the biggest news of today, which is Lamar Jackson re-upped with the Baltimore Ravens on a five-year, $260 million extension. And I want to give congratulations to Lockdown Ravens host Kevin Ostriker, who uh, has been going through it, you know, these last four months dealing with the ongoing QB drama in Baltimore. But, you know, we here in Atlanta are drama-free at the quarterback position because we have an unproblematic Desmond Ritter at that spot. But... There's been a lot of talk, you know, over these last couple of months at the Falcons, not trading for Lamar Jackson, but potentially trading for a quarterback in this draft class. There's been a lot of rumors as of late that the Falcons are trading down. But we heard a rumor earlier today from Lance Airline of NFL.com that, you know, the Falcons are one of several teams looking to trade up. I don't know what to how much stock to put into that. You know, it just feels like everybody is just basically throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what sticks. You know, some teams want to, everybody wants to trade up. Everyone wants to trade down. We go through this every year. You know, Terry Fontenot was talking about it during their pre-draft presser 
where you're talking to all these teams, you're getting a feel for what they want to do. So, you know, I, I think that's a lot of what this reporting is, is that basically, yeah, oh, we got a, we got a call from the Falcons. And it's like, that doesn't necessarily mean the Falcons want to move up. That doesn't necessarily uh, mean the Falcons want to move down, but there has been a lot more buzz about the Falcons moving back than necessarily moving up. And I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, how those quarterbacks are going to go at the top of the draft. I put out a mock draft on my Twitter earlier today with the quarterbacks going one, two, three, four, probably not going to happen, but it would be fun if it did happen. And Tennessee has been a team that's been rumored to be moving up Houston. If they don't take a quarterback at two, although, you know, John McClain, one of the top beat writers in the nation who uh, I think used to cover the Texans before retiring a couple of years ago, has them taking Will Levis at that spot. Uh, but you know, who knows at this point in time where CJ Stroud's going, where Anthony Richardson's going, we'll have to sort of see at this point in time, there's been a lot of talk that Arizona's moving back from three, uh, there was a rumor that there was a done deal between them and, and Tennessee that involved DeAndre Hopkins. Then Ian Rappaport kind of put the kibosh on that. Uh, so we'll just sort of have to see. Um, it's possible that we'll get an update during this live show. But the other thing that's been going on right now is is Jalen Carter. There's been talk of him falling. And we had Tony Pauline of Pro Football Network sort of reaffirming what we kind of already heard from, I think, Scott Bear and Josh Kendall and others that it doesn't sound like the Falcons are going to take Jalen Carter. If he does fall to that spot at eight, I did have him falling there in my mock earlier today and the Eagles getting him at 10. There's been Twitter rumors and that the Eagles are looking to move up possibly for Jalen Carter. Seattle has been widely connected to Jalen Carter throughout this process. And, and as of late, so we'll see if he even falls past them at the, the fifth overall spot. But, you know, it, it, it seems like to me, we'll get, you know, at least three quarterbacks in the top, seven uh whether we get all four in the top seven remains to be seen and i think that will impact some of these teams looking to move up like tennessee potentially uh if you know their guy slides you know outside the top seven that gives the falcons some ammunition to move back in the draft um and so we'll just sort of see right you know as you guys can see on my wall behind me all right we've gone through a whole lot of possibilities here on lockdown falcons over the last three months you know, starting out, oh, it's going to be a corner, Devin Witherspoon or Christian Gonzalez. Then it was like, okay, they didn't cut Casey Hayward at the beginning of free agency, so now they're going to get a pass rusher. It's going to be Tyree Wilson. And then, you know, it didn't look like Tyree Wilson was going to be potentially available uh, because you know, there have been so many talk of recently that he'll go in the top three, be the first pass rusher off the board, even ahead of Will Anderson out of Alabama. And then it was like, okay, well, well they'll go trenches, still get a Peter Skaronsky, the offensive lineman at Northwestern. And uh, then it was like, no, there was a moment where Nolan Smith was uh, getting all the buzz last week as well. And then uh, the B. John Robinson hype train picked up a lot of steam over the last couple of days. And it seems like the conventional wisdom is that B. John is going to be the pick, right? You have Daniel Jeremiah, you have Todd McShay in their final mocks, having the Falcons not only take B. John Robinson at eight, but they also pass on Ty Tyree Wilson, the Texas Tech defensive end, at that eight spot who they have falling. I think both of them had him going nine uh, to the bears. Um, you had Lance Zierlein in his final mock, have the Falcons trading back to 10 and still getting B. John Robinson, Dane Brugler of the athletic Trevor Sikama of PFF, Walter football, Tony Pauline, all of these guys mocked B. John Robinson to the Falcons. So the conventional uh, consensus is B. John's going to be the pick based off of the most recent mock draft buzz. But who knows at this point in time, I, Saw Josh Kendall on the athletic football show when they did their mock of the top 10 picks. He had the Falcons taking Peter Skaronsky at eight. 
right? He did also do the the beat writers mock for the athletic. And I think he wound up with um, Devin Witherspoon, the Illinois corner. That was who Mike Rothstein picked in the ESPN, you know, NFL nation beat writers uh, mock draft. You have Brad Spielberger, former guest here on lockdown Falcons of PFF had the, Fa- uh, the Falcons taking Christian Gonzalez, uh, Ben Albright of sports, not Peter Schrager in his final mock also had Christian Gonzalez. So it, it does seem like, it's going to be Bijan or Christian Gonzalez based off of the most recent mocks. And we'll just have to see, like, does Christian Gonzalez go ahead of the Falcons? A lot of people have been projecting him to go like six or seven. Right. Uh, I don't, I haven't seen much talk of Bijan going ahead of, of eight at this point. It feels like everybody thinks that's the earliest he could go. So we'll just have to see about that, but we will move the conversation and, and allow you guys uh, to, you know, submit your questions uh, here live on this show and I'll start answering them as we progress this episode, this live, you know, latest updates. And we'll go through some of these players that are being projected for the Falcons and, and why it makes sense and why the Falcons could like this player or, or not like this player as we continue today's episode. But again, yeah, this is an opportunity for you guys in the chat here on the Lockdown Falcons YouTube channel live to ask your questions and we'll get those answered uh, coming up on today's episode. But before we get there, guys, I do want to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by the Ultimate Football GM. And you've heard me talk about this fun new mobile game. And as the Falcons are making their moves tonight to build their roster, you can do the same with the Ultimate Football GM, whether it's drafting players, signing free agents, making trades, hiring coaches, go through all the ups and downs of a typical NFL regular season and postseason. And the game is very challenging and realistic. I mean, good luck getting to the postseason. It's been a struggle for me playing this game for the last several months. Uh, But the beautiful thing about Ultimate Football GM, when you're struggling and you feel frustrated and you just want to put the game down, you can do that because it's completely free. It's playable offline. You can play on the go when you want, where you want. Uh, And the great thing that we're offering, all of our listeners get a 100% free bonus or boost to their franchise when using the promo code locked on in the game store today that's locked on in all caps so make sure you check it out today and if you want to download the game just visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up in the app stores again that's ultimate-gm.com ultimate football gm start your dynasty today so guys i want to continue this episode to remind you guys as i said at the top of the episode that uh you know check out the locked on nfl scouting youtube page after this at 7 30 to get joe joe marino and kyle Krabs of the locked on nfl scouting with the draft dudes podcast live show you'll probably see me pop in at some point tonight but you'll get their analysis with each pick throughout one run and then tomorrow night at round two so that starts at 7 30 eastern on the locked on nfl scouting youtube channel and again this is live, guys. Normally, I pre-record my episodes and premiere them so that you guys can watch them live, react to them live, watch you guys talk about it in the chat and whatnot. Uh, but normally, I can't react to those, and I can tonight. And we're going to do it again later this evening at midnight Eastern time when round one is done and do our recap. And that will be sort of the official episode for you know Friday morning for all you audio listeners. And this episode will also be up on the audio uh, feed as I'm sure some of you guys are listening to this as soon as possible after uh, it goes live. But let's talk a little bit about uh, the options. And, you know, seems like a couple of you guys in the chat, um, you know, are in favor or against the idea of of taking Bijan. It's a polarizing pick. Obviously, he's a running back. Traditionally, you don't see running backs taken 
in the top 10 that frequently in a draft NFL draft. We haven't seen it for five years with Saquon Barkley. And I'm sure many people would look back at that and say, that was a question mark. I think prior to that, you know, what it was, uh, Todd Gurley in 2014, 2015, uh, when was, you know, Zeke was 2016. So yeah, it's not a common occurrence, but you know, it's certainly been a plausible outcome for the Falcons, uh, because, you know, they believe in the best player available and, and most people, generally think Bijan's one of the three to five best players in this draft class. And as I said earlier, no one seems to think he's going to go in the top seven. So pretty much guaranteed that, you know, he'll be very high on, you know, multiple teams draft boards uh, when the Falcons are on the clock, including potentially the Falcons. But you wonder a little bit, you know, are they, are they going to draft a running back after Tyler Algier's success? Uh, you know, we know this regime doesn't necessarily have traditional views on positional value because they took a tight end the highest it's ever been taken a couple of years ago. You know, they just paid a guard. They paid a safety this offseason. They paid a bunch of D tackles. So the traditional positions that a lot of people do not uh, see as high value, linebacker, safety, D tackle, guard, right, running back, the Falcons have invested, you know, resources in several of those positions. Will they continue that with a running back like B. John Robinson? Will they continue that with a guard like Peter Skaronsky, the Northwestern offensive lineman who could be a plug and play left guard. We know Arthur Smith, his background as an offensive line coach, you know, Peter Skaronsky would be a, a, a clear indicator of what the type of identity, the toughness, the grit, you know, the physicality that Arthur Smith is looking to instill here. But again, the Falcons, uh, you know, have invested already draft picks in that left guard position with Jalen Mayfield and, and Justin Schaefer last year. Is that enough, right? That's what makes Tyree Wilson so interesting because the Falcons haven't really invested resources in, you know, at least an edge like Tyree Wilson. They've invested it in D'Angelo Malone. They've invested it with Arnold Epichetti, and that's why a Nolan Smith type of pass rusher, sort of undersized three, four outside linebacker, seems like overkill for what the Falcons have. Maybe you can make the case Nolan Smith is better than all those guys, but I personally don't think Nolan Smith is better than Arnold Epichetti, but you know, I'm sure opinions will differ, and we'll see if the Falcons' opinion on that differs. But We'll have to see. But Tyree Wilson, as I said, of these options is relatively unique because the Falcons haven't invested in that sort of big edge with Calais Campbell, um, you know, being signed to be that sort of Cam Jordan type, get your long-term option for Cam Jordan. Um, you know, but the question with Tyree Wilson and the reason why he's dropping on DJ's uh, board and other people's boards uh, is concerns about that foot injury. And there's been various rumors and, and discussion and speculation that he did suffer a Liz Frank injury last November that has kept him out this offseason. He had a second surgery. Initial reports were that it was to just remove the hardware that you typically put in when you, you know, put in drills and, and whatever, nails and screws in, into people's feet when they break bones and whatnot. But there's been rumors that, hey, you know, maybe that second surgery was not necessarily remove the hardware. And so the concern with Tyree Wilson is, you know, is he going to be ready to go not only miss mini camps, but is he going to miss parts of training camp still recovering from that injury, right? Is he going to miss part of the season? Who knows, right? And so the question you have to ask yourself is if you draft Tyree Wilson or any team drafts, whether the Falcons, you know, are you going to have to have a red shirt season for him? Now the Falcons could potentially afford to do that because they do have Calais Campbell uh, in that spot ready to go, but you would like to, you know, to see your first round pick, you know, hit the field immediately and have an impact. So we'll just sort of have to see how that goes. But then you have the cornerback conversation with Casey Hayward and, you know, being recently recut, you know, Christian Gonzalez, Devin Witherspoon, 
you know, the Falcons did draft Darren Hall with a fourth round pick in 2021. They did just trade a fifth round pick for Jeff Akuda. That's the equivalent of investing that, you know, are the Falcons going to continue to invest more resources into that cornerback position? We'll have to sort of see. So, um, you know, that's going to be what we are looking at and um, scrolling through the chat to see if there's any questions. Uh, appreciate the love, Damon Bland. Uh, yep. All right. Thank you. I always do an outstanding job. Appreciate that. Um, let's see. Any questions you guys have for me in the chat? Looks like you guys are having an in-depth discussion over whether or not Bijan versus Jameer Gibbs, who would be a, a great, you know, pickup for the Falcons in round two, that certainly would complement, um, you know, Tyler Algier's skill set quite a bit. Uh, if that was the case, you know, more of that pass catching speed running back, although, of course, Bijan can do those things, but also, uh, you know, do other things that Gibbs probably won't necessarily be asked to do, which could be basically the lead tailback in an offense. You wonder if Gibbs is more of a committee guy uh, as opposed to a lead guy and where that value is. But, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on to see what happens with uh, the draft someone asked me to wax poetic on miles murphy aa ron um yeah miles murphy is another one of those big edges um you know there's been a con- there's a coaching connection between the falcons and clemson with nick eason the d tackles and d run game coordinator at clemson was a former d line coach for the tennessee titans when arthur smith was there so probably got the inside scoop although clemson has a number of d tackles brian Bercy in this draft they got a couple of guys that went back to school tyler davis uh Ruke Okorokoro uh as well so that may be something that we talk about those guys may be guys that we talk about next year high in the draft and whatnot but Miles Murphy certainly has that Cam Jordan type profile I did a mock earlier today had him being picked by the Saints at pick 29 at the end of round one so we'll see how high he goes um Dre Jungles asked, do you see the Falcons possibly trading back, losing Bijan to the Eagles? And if so, Jones or Paris? I I don't see the Falcons taking a tackle like Jones or Paris. I don't see the Falcons taking either one of those guys and asking them to play guard either. Uh, I think that would be kind of a waste of a pick. Um, I do think there's a, you know, if they were going to go O-line at, at the top of this draft, it would be someone like Skaronsky, the Northwestern guard slash tackle. I don't see the Eagles taking Bijan Robinson. I would be questioning that a little bit, but we can uh, continue the conversation a little bit, guys, and um, talk about, you know, uh, the possibility of a trade back and and fifth alphabet as, you know, is it a reach referring, I'm I'm assuming, to Miles Murphy? Um, Yeah, it's probably a little bit of a reach for take Miles Murphy at eight. But if you like the player, then ultimately you can justify it if if he does turn into that cam. Jordan type of player, but we'll talk a little bit more about the trade possibilities for the Falcons as we continue this live show. And of course, guys, keep your questions in the chat coming um, as we wrap up today's live show with about 10 minutes left here uh, till we get to 730 with Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs doing their live thing on Locked On NFL Scouting's YouTube channel. But before we get there, guys, uh, you know, got to give you uh, a tip on how you can keep your energy tonight as you're waiting between rounds, you know, the Falcons pick. Uh, at the top of round one or you're waiting for tomorrow and then Saturday, there's a long gap between round four and round seven. You got to keep your energy up. And of course, 
the great snack that you can use to keep that energy up is Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're covered in 100% real chocolate. They're low in sugar calories, but have a whopping 17 grams of protein. They come in great flavors. You can head on over to Built.com right now. Order yourself a box of a variety of flavors like churro, peanut butter, brownie, coconut, almond, cookies, and cream, and use the promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your order. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5 for 15% off. And of course, you can also head on over to your local Walmart or Sam's Club as well. Walk to the pharmacy section at Walmart and grab yourself a four-bar box of cookies and cream or double chocolate. And if you're at Sam's, run in and grab a 13-bar box of brownie batter puff or churro puff. You will thank me later. And again, guys, I want to remind you that, um, you know, we got a live show with Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino uh, starting off in the next 10 minutes. So head on over there after we wrap up today's episode. But Let's talk a little bit more about some of your listener questions as well as trade talk. Uh, as we, Mo Headliness asks, do you still prefer Gonzalez over Witherspoon? Yeah, I would, you know, I think Witherspoon, I like Witherspoon's game a little bit more than I like Gonzalez because Witherspoon has that toughness and that physicality. I do question if Witherspoon is going to be a high level corner man cover corner, right? Like to me, he has to be a Denzel Ward type of player. And I don't see a Denzel Ward, Jair Alexander type of player. Those are the typical high-end corners that are roughly Witherspoon side. So Alexander is like 15 pounds heavier than Witherspoon is. Um, and so I don't see that type of prospect in Witherspoon. I could be very wrong in that and be eating that crow as I, you know, was a couple of years ago when I did not rate uh, Jair Alexander and, and Denzel Ward as my top corner uh, in that 2018 draft. I had Mike Hughes, current Falcon as my top corner. So don't, you know, you can take my cornerback takes with a grain of salt based off of uh, those misses, but I do think Gonzalez has, I would bet on Gonzalez's traits if I'm taking a corner in the top 10, but I am not as big a fan of Gonzalez as others are just because he's a little finesse to me. Not, you know, he's, he's a big guy. He has all the measurables, you know, height, weight, speed that you look for in a top 10 corner. But, you know, I don't know how, I don't want to use the word tough, but like he's, he's just not as physical. He's a little too finesse for me. And I don't, I, I don't know if I, I'd be taking a swing on, on a finesse corner, uh, that high in the draft, but uh, we'll get to Nigel's question. Hey, Aaron, with the way the Falcons stack their board, how many impact starters do you think they have listed? Um, you know, I think Skaronsky is a plug and play starter. I think Bijan is a plug and play starter. Um, Will Anderson, it, to me, unlike Nolan Smith, I think is good enough that you could he would leapfrog, you know, Lorenzo Carter and and D'Angelo Malone immediately in the starting lineup. Uh, so he could be a plug and play starter. I think Nolan Smith would take a little bit of time to transition uh, a little bit. I think Tyree Wilson, if, if you the foot injury withstanding and without, you know, a Calais Campbell type of player could no, he's probably not a plug and play starter, but year two, I think you would be expecting that. Um, I don't think either of the corners are plug and play starter. I mean, Witherspoon's probably the better bet there, especially if you want to move him to the nickel. Um if, if Akuda, you know, wins the starting outside spot. Um, yeah. So trying to think who else, you know, none of the quarterbacks, at least none of the ones that are likely to be there at eight for the Falcons would be plug and play starters. Who else am I forgetting? Jalen Carter is good enough to be a plug and play starter, but he would not be expected to start over Grady Jarrett and uh, David Onyemata. So, who, who, who am I missing that I've left out, guys? Let me know in the chat. But um, Archangel asks, so who are you picking if T. Wilson, Jalen Carter, and Bijan all slide so as well? Bijan sliding 
it's not a slide, but I get what you're saying. Um, I would take Jalen Carter. I've said that pretty consistently over the last month that I don't have any insight into Jalen Carter's off-field issues. So for me, because I don't have knowledge of that, you know, I can plead ignorance and and not allow that to factor into my evaluation of him. He's the best player in this draft class. Now, I probably would argue Bijan Robinson's the second best player in this draft class, but certainly if Jalen Carter was there, I, I, I'd take him all day. Um I would probably pull the trigger on Tyree Wilson. Again, don't know enough about his injury history to have that factor into my decision-making. But if it was me uh, and I was sitting there and Bijan was there and Tyree Wilson was there and Jalen Carter was there, I would stack it. Jalen Carter would be my first choice. Tyree Wilson would be my second choice. And Bijan would be my third choice uh, if I was running the Falcons war room at that point in time. But again, I'm operating mostly out of ignorance because I don't know about the off-field stuff. I don't know about the injury stuff. I don't know about any of that stuff uh, besides what those guys were on Saturdays uh, in um, playing in college football. So uh, Michael Hammond says, so no indication of the Falcons drafting Jalen Carter if he's available at eight. It just basically no one who covers the team seems to think that that's going to happen, Michael. That's basically all I can say. Um, Archangel asks, would you move up or stay put would you move up or stay put or move back? Um, I would not move up. Is not, you know, as much as I love Jalen Carter because of the off-field stuff, question marks, there's not a player in this draft class that I would be willing to move up for. So I would probably stay put, see who's on the board. And then if someone gives me an offer, I can't refuse, right? You know, if, if Tyree Wilson is there at eight, I'd probably stick there and pick the player. If, if Bijan Robbins, the top player on my board, Right. You know, if Peter Skaronsky is also there, um, if Nolan Smith is also there, you know, um, I'd probably look to move back two or three spots. Houston, Tennessee, Houston picking 12, Tennessee picking 11. You know, the idea is if the Falcons like four more players that are currently at the top of their board when they're picking at eight. Right. You know, if you like four guys, then you could comfortably move back three or four spots and and take one, you'll be guaranteed to get one of those guys at that later spot. Um, I don't know if the Falcons are going to move beyond that point. You know, it's possible that someone could blow them away with an offer, but it doesn't really sound like any of the teams picking after Houston uh, at 12 are, are that eager to come up for a quarterback. There's been a lot of rumors about Tampa Bay, but um, Minnesota as well. But we're probably not going to see the Falcons trade with Tampa Bay. Uh, we'll see if Minnesota is that gung ho to come up and get QB four, or they're going to settle for Hinden Hooker. Um, you know, that's what we'll have to sort of see. But uh, AJ Evans, if you can pick one player to fall out of the first round, who would it be? I had Quentin Johnston falling out of the first round in my earlier mock day today. Uh, Matt Tate says, just disappointed. We won't take a fullback in the draft. Uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens on Saturday, but certainly we will not get a fullback on tonight on, on tonight in round one, but we'll just have to hold our hopes for a fullback, um, in, um, day three. Archangel asks who would be the best trading block partner? Probably Tennessee, just because you have that relationship between Mike Vrabel and Arthur Smith. Um, Okay, I'm not going to read that comment, classy, nasty. <laughs> uh, pin tax production straight up for Anderson. No, again, I, uh, Will Anderson is one of the better prospects. He's probably the third best player in this draft class, in my humble opinion. But he's not necessarily the slam dunk impact pass rusher that, to me, is worth trading up. He's not Nick Bosa. He's not even Chase Young uh, in, as, a, as a prospect, in my humble opinion, uh, to merit that type of trade up. 
he's more of a Kayvon Thibodeau type of prospect in that sort of tier. Um, let's see. Let's see. Do, do, do. Let's draft a built bar. Yeah, we should draft a built bar. My, mine would be a coconut brownie chunk as the number one pick. That's the Bryce Young. Here we go. But uh, you think from Archangel, you think Seattle, Detroit, or Las Vegas could take a quarterback. Um, it seems like the most buzz has been Seattle. I felt like Las Vegas has been in the quarterback market all along. It just depends on who slides, right? You know, I don't, you know, I predicted back in February that they would sign Jimmy Garoppolo and draft Anthony Richardson. They signed Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm hoping, you know, that they draft uh, Anthony Richardson just so I can be like, you know, hashtag profit on Twitter uh, for that tweet from like mid-February. Doesn't sound like Detroit's in the quarterback market. There's been a lot of buzz that Seattle secretly is after Anthony Richardson. We'll see if the, the the Raiders, I've heard a lot of talk that if CJ Stroud falls, the Raiders will absolutely move up to get him. Um, you know, he, I think he's from Oakland. He's from the Bay area, obviously the Raiders in Las Vegas, but it does feel like kind of a hometown connection. If you know, you, you make that connection. So maybe CJ Stroud grew up rooting for the Raiders or something like that. So uh, we'll see why didn't, Brady shake Ritter's hand in the his final regular season. Is he a pansy boy? Uh, yes, that, that is a true statement of Tom Brady. He is a pansy boy. And with that, guys, that's where we're going to leave it. Tom Brady slander here on today's live episode. We are uh, T-minus one minute away from Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino on the Locked On NFL Scouting YouTube page launching their live show. I'm sure I'll be hanging out with Joe and Kyle a little bit later tonight. We'll have you immediate reactions on the Locked on Falcons YouTube channel for the Falcons pick. And then later at midnight, we'll be going again live, answering your questions, uh, as well as reacting to what the Falcons did in round one uh, at midnight uh, tonight, Eastern time. Uh, And this will also go up on the audio feed uh, for those of you that listen to that as soon as possible. So that is going to do it for us here, guys, on this live episode. I really appreciate all of you guys tuning in for this live pre-draft. Sounds like it's going to be Bijan. Sounds like it. That seems to be where the, the direction is headed. But there's a lot of talk of Tyree Wilson dropping. Maybe we get a trade back if that's the case. And I think that really opens the door for a Skaronsky or a Nolan Smith possibly even a Lucas Van Ness. We'll just have to see. It's still a lot of buzz about taking a corner. So <laughs> your guess is as good as mine, guys. When it comes to that, it just depends on who goes in the top seven. We have no idea. As many people have said, it's the most unpredictable draft that we have uh, in recent memory, and that's probably true. So going back to that 2018 draft where we didn't really know who was in the number one pick uh, before it was uh, Baker Mayfield. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you guys uh, later tonight at midnight. I'll get my some caffeine in me and we'll be ready to go live after round one to react to the Falcons pick uh, as well. And of course, we'll be having great content for you all weekend long covering each and every pick for the Atlanta Falcons here on Locked on Falcons. Again, sh- go head on over to uh, Joe and Kyle's, um, you know, the Locked on NFL scouting live show starting right now. Really appreciate it, guys. Appreciate it till then.